0: The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. It was a little over six years that I came to this Easter vigil in this church and I crept into a sanctuary in the dark and I sat right back there and I tried to remain unseen. It was my very first Easter vigil here as an adult, and I was in a state of complete brokenness. I had recently moved back to Asheville after spending two years abroad working in different charities and ministries of the Episcopal Church. I spent my last year of that working in a refugee center in Italy. And that experience working with refugees, it left gaping wounds in my views on humanity and it made me question the very existence of God. This was 2016, and you might recall some catastrophic events that happened in the world that year. It was a year when chemical weapons were used on innocent civilians in Syria. It was a year when a terrorist network named ISIS gained lands all throughout Iraq, wielding weapons of violence civil war raged in the countries of Mali and Libya. The result of all this was a deluge of innocent refugees into the country of Italy from all directions. I worked at one of two refugee centers in the entire city and the amount of need that I saw that year on a daily basis was staggering. Men and women and children, many of whom made the journey to Italy on small rubber rafts or tucked beneath the rails of train cars, they came to the refugee center every day to receive small amounts of food, perhaps some clothing, or maybe just a quiet place to sit. The refugee center did what little it could in the face of that crisis, but it did so without any help at all from the city of Rome. This was a horrible fact in my eyes. I was horrified that the city most synonymous with Christianity, the city of the Vatican, the city of St. Peter's Basilica, the city of the Pope, the city with the most churches per square mile was largely indifferent, if not outright hostile, to those who came to its city limits in a state of deep need. The suffering and the hunger and the lack The stories I heard of desperation and death and despair that work in many ways broke me open in ways that I really didn't discover until I came home. Upon my return, I found that the things I loved to do no longer brought me joy. I felt guilt, a suffocating guilt that I was able to come back safe home to Asheville, while many of my friends in that city were left to wander homeless, abandoned, suffering, caught in a diplomatic loophole. I was a shell of my former self, empty and isolated and questioning. I felt like it was me in the tomb. I had this deep desire for God, but I wondered where was God in the face of all that suffering? Like Israel, I confronted spiritual and physical death. Like Ezekiel, I wondered if there was still life in dry bones. Like the disciples, much of me had fled the scene, deserting the cross, ashamed. My world, like the church I crept into all those years ago was plunged into darkness, but in and among and above all of that pain, the darkness covered the face of the deep and a wind of God swept over it. From within that darkness, in that spiritual tomb, a small, simple phrase began to beat out of my heart, and I still don't really know where it came from. It was the most clear and simple thing that I have ever uttered, almost childlike. Yet this one sentence embraced me. And the sentence was this, I am a beloved child of God. I am a beloved child of God. Tonight I speak to you, faithful worshiper, you who are here cloaked in darkness, perhaps trying to go unseen, you who are present here not quite knowing why, you who stand at the tomb of spiritual death and physical loss and great suffering in your own life, I bid you to bend your ear and listen for that ancient wind of God hovering over the deep. A wind that assures you that you, too, are a beloved child of God. Listen for it. Listen for it. The breath that tells you to not be afraid. The wind that assures you that, yes, these dry bones will indeed live again. The wind that calls you like Mary to the tomb, to the place of death, even if you do not know why. Listen for it. You may not see it, but it is there. You see, faithful worshiper, you worship a God of radical grace. And I mean that not only in the sense that sometimes God's grace is felt undeserved or unearned, but in the sense that God's breaking into our lives, God's reaching extension into our humanity is truly radical. God's grace isn't boxed in. It is not constrained by natural order. Oh, no, God does not care about our natural laws, our physical laws, our mortal constraints. And tonight we hear proof of this in these cosmic stories of our salvation. We hear how time and time again God acts in the most unlikely and impossible ways through the most unlikely people to bring about God's beautiful plan for our salvation. We hear of God's creation of our earth brought forth out of the void, out of nothing, out of silence and creating in startling fashion, a world that God saw not only as good, but very good. Very good. We hear of God meeting Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, and from nothing, from bones and sand, emerges this rattle, and a breath washes over dry bones, and we are told that we shall live. We hear of God who picks of all people Moses, a man who fled Egypt in disgrace after murdering one of Pharaoh's guards. We see him of all people lead Israel through the Red Sea, parting the waters of the sea, unscathed by the armies of Egypt. We hear of pillars of fire and angels of God. And what's more, and perhaps most radical of all, in that passage from Exodus, we hear Moses tell Israel, the Lord will fight for you. And all you have to do is keep still. You, faithful worshiper, you at the tomb in darkness, you worship a God of radical grace whose breath is found in all things who fights for you while you keep still, you worship a God that isn't confined to the rules of this world, a God that sees you at morning, at the foot of the cross, at the mouth of the tomb, and cries, live. Live, faithful one. Even in the midst of death, you have life. Whatever you are going through tonight, whatever you feel like you may have lost, however you feel like you may have failed, God is somewhere working in it through that somehow. And nothing, absolutely nothing, is beyond God's ability to work through it and transform it. You may never see it. You may never know it but like Mary Magdalene stumbling in the early morning darkness, it is not for us to understand. It's only important that we be present to it, wonder at it, embrace it, share it, kindle it. A light shines in the darkness, friends, and the darkness does not overcome it. Humans go through hard times difficult times times where we die unto ourselves we will all go to the tomb we see this in the micro level in the pain that is bestowed on us the pain that we bestow on others the loss that we all experience we see it on a macro level wars like the one that we see in ukraine in senseless losses of life in the homelessness that we see on our streets we see it in gun violence, in men carrying guns on loaded subway cars. But as members of Christ's church, we must remember our inheritance. We must remember our inheritance that echoes loudly in our liturgy on a special night like this. We must remember an inheritance that orients us even in times of death. We must remember these stories of salvation, these stories that we have heard tonight, and we must remember our baptism. Our baptism, which grants us new life in death through the power of water. Our baptism, we must submerge in the waters to fully embrace the salvation mentioned in these stories tonight. Baptism, We must be immersed in the waters like we immerse ourselves in the stories of old and new, which tells us that God is acting with radical grace right here, right now, even in 2022. Baptism, we must wade into the waters for like Moses and Israel making their ways through the Red Sea into new life. We too, we Christians find new life in the stirring up of sacred waters. Tonight, we welcome new members to be baptized, Leon, Quaid, Rothko, and Jack. Tonight, you begin your first steps into a cycle of death and resurrection that has been churning since God first breathed over the formless void, onto a wind that has been blowing since Ezekiel cried out for life in the desert. Since Israel walked through the Dead Sea, you now have entered this same current that draws back to that moment where Mary Magdalene, that first apostle of our church, took to the tomb in darkness only to discover that death has no power here. And who knows of what you will encounter in this life as you live into those cycles of death and resurrection. Who knows what you will confront as you inherit your own small piece of God's cosmic salvation history. Wars, famines, pandemics, refugee crises, all these things await you, but so does love and charity and generosity and friendship, natural wonder and art, and the ever-present love of God which fights for you when all you have to do. Is keep still this night friends this night when all seemed lost when silence stretched across the earth in mourning there in that void a fire is kindled the light of God your light a light which burns with a fierce and powerful glow with flames dancing across our faces crying out to you that you are a beloved child of God This salvation history is your salvation history. Israel's way through water is your way through water. And tonight we will find a tomb that will be empty. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Amen.